This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Welcome to Not Another Church Podcast, and we're going to be taking the next few weeks and just kind of walking through uh, some of the stories that maybe you heard in in Sunday school or you heard in uh, at VBS and looking at some of the details that maybe uh, you didn't go over or maybe some you, that you did. But we, we want to go through some of the Old Testament stories and dig a little deeper and look a little closer and see some of the things that we missed. Um, and or we're going to are forgot or yes. uh, maybe the flannel graph uh, was a little bent up and so you you <laughs> didn't catch it quite right and um, I, I miss flannel graph I gotta I gotta say I, I have a big flannel flannel graph back there in the um, children's area you're welcome to come and use it anytime well um, I I remember one of the great scandals of my life was probably about five years old realizing that. Joseph in the Old Testament flannel graph was the same piece of flannel graph as Jesus in the <laughs> in the New shocking. Testament flannel graph. Absolutely shocking. It was the same drawing. And, or, and once I, I put together Joseph and Jesus, then the fact that Moses and Peter, and they just on and on and on we go. Did you feel betrayed by your teacher? I, I kind of did. Yeah. I kind of did. I was like, <laughs> it was deep, wasn't hey, it? Yeah. wait a minute. Um, and I would say my first cartoon crush was Eve. I mean... She's scantily clad. Really? <laughs> yes, I gotta say. <laughs> okay. I'm like, hey, Eve's kind of hot. That was happening early in your life, I see. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had the butter cookie on my finger. <clears throat> Can I tell you that most of the children in the children's area, I, I don't think they're crushing on any of the characters right now. They're just trying to separate them <laughs> and trying to realize that there is an Old Testament and a New Testament. There you <laughs> yeah. go. All right, so as we look at uh, the story of, of uh, in the garden, about I was at this church probably a year or so, and one year for Christmas, someone got me a book that was uh, had the word Bible on the cover, so that's why they got it for their pastor. But it was like fifty things that you thought were in the Bible that weren't, kind of thing. Yeah, and the book was. Total garbage, totally theologically horrible. And the very first one was the devil's in the garden. And so this person said that nowhere in the Bible does it say that the devil was in the garden, that Satan was in the garden. What it actually says, and if you read the text, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God has made. He said to the woman, there's nothing in the story in Genesis that says it's anything other than it's the serpent. And so this book went on to say, um, so it's later pe- people who put it back on it that it's Satan. The, the problem that we have with that, if you said, according to the book of Genesis, that would be true, but you can't say that nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Because in the book of Revelation, John says very clearly, Satan, the accuser, that old serpent. Yes. So you, you can't say that it doesn't say that in the Bible. Bible. So, but in the book of Genesis, it doesn't say necessarily that this is the devil, that this is Satan. It just says that there's there's a creature that God created um, who was very crafty. And I think that the the description that Moses, if we believe Jesus, who wrote this, uh, that Moses is giving us is mixing both the creature and the enemy. 
So you have a, an animal that's very crafty, and our enemy is very crafty. Both the animal was a created being, it wasn't some kind of supernatural being, and the enemy is a created being. God made him. He is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. He's very smart. He's very crafty, but he's still created. He studies us. Yes. Well, and you see all throughout, like, and I have this, this, uh, this view because like we we've just got through what we're recording this we're the Tuesday after Easter so we've been in like drowning in Holy Week the last for us with our church walking we've walked through Holy Week for like four months four yeah it's like three or four months and so in in the garden where Jesus is talking about it's about to get dark but the darkness is limited and you see all throughout that scripture where yes he has He's very crafty. There are, I mean, he he has he he maneuvers and shifts and other things, but it's all limited. It's all within a box. It's all within parameters that God sets. Again, such as the conversation between God and the enemy when, in, concerning Job. You can do this, but this is where it stops. This is where this is where your parameters end. So you see that, like, yet yeah, created, limited. There are parameters to what he can and can't do. Not God. Yeah, not yeah. God, and and not with the authority of God. I mean. Satan bows up on God all the time, and it kind of reminds me of, like, little kids who are like, well, I'm going to, and I'm going to say, but the moment that teacher walks in the room, it's all of a sudden, oh, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to back down. And so that doesn't mean, again, that he's not crafty and doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, I've been married to the same woman for just 30 years, and I can literally look at her and say, you know, that guy from that thing, and she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> It'll come, Matt. It, it does come. <laughs> you know, the, the show we were watching the, the other the week. The thing with the guy with <laughs> yeah. the stuff. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> okay, and that's just been for 30 years. The enemy's been observing humanity, watching us now for... From the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah. At least 6,000 years, if you, if you literally take the numbers and add them up, at least 6,000 years, if you're uh, an old earth person for millennia. Because he's been watching us for a long time. And I can say, I can, I can read the story of Adam and Eve, the very first people, and see myself. We, we don't have a whole lot of new games going on. No, and I've told you before when I'm teaching, and I think I've told Matt, I think I've told you at different times, I find so often I want to just go back to the garden. I want to go, as I'm teaching a particular scripture, I find myself veering back and going, you know, like it was with Adam yeah, and Eve. Yeah, but some people do that. You, know? you told me the story of that pastor friend yes. of yours that pre- preached his first sermon. It was like yes. Hebrews, and all of a sudden, he's 30 minutes in, and we're in We're, we're, we're back at the somewhere. garden. That's right. <laughs> yes. So, yes, but also time and a place. Yes. 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 Well, I mean, as we go through these stories, and we're going to see this over and over again, I very recently was talking with someone about the, the children of Israel in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I read those stories, and I get so frustrated with them because it's like, they have manna, they have water coming out of a rock, and they're like, but we want meat. And it's like so this it's constant. A log. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's this constant complaining. And you go, would you people realize what God's done to this point? Are you seriously going to gripe about this? And then the Holy Spirit goes, really, Biggin? And then reminds you of something you've <laughs> exactly. just done. Yes. Right. Yeah. So um, the servant's crafty, but he is the Lord God had made him. And so the servant says to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Which you can stop there, and you could probably do a sermon on that whole. I that have whole done point. a sermon. I believe on that. it. <laughs> that whole, did God actually say? And the whole one of the realities is, which I, I told you today, 
our students, uh, we've gone through Proverbs and are going to sit back and go through Proverbs again. And we talked about how um, the, one of the issues we're dealing with in Proverbs this week is pride. And we talked about, or are going to talk about how, in essence, and C.S. Lewis, Lewis says this, that pride is the mother of all sins. Everything that this comes back to comes back to a pride issue. And that pride issue is root, is essentially just a sub. Because we want to be it's God. A, it's a sub issue of me. Which goes me back try, to Adam and Eve. Me, it's, it's a sub issue of me trying to play yes. God. Yes. I know what God says doesn't really matter. What God says really isn't that big of a deal. I really, this is really for me. I'm going to do it my it's way. Me, which is, again, I said this to you, why Jesus says that following him involves a, an, an absolutely insane amount of self denial, which is antithetical to who we are. And all of that goes back to I the don't garden. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and the enemy still does this. Absolutely. I, I, I recently was watching a political discussion where a, a Roman Catholic was being questioned by the Senate for some some role, and people wanted to argue that the orthodox position that Christianity is pretty much held to for 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the grave is some kind of radical thought process, and all they're doing is the same thing that's here— are we really believing that Jesus is claiming that he's the only way to heaven? Well, yeah, that's why I'm a it's kind Christian. Of the, kind of the point. I'm the way, the truth, and the lie. Yeah. Um, the, the, he, didn't, he, didn't, he knew what he was saying. He, yeah. He's like, I'm one of I the mean, ways. We, can we just start quoting yeah. things that he and, said? And, that, so the enemy the always door. is going to start because he's smart enough to realize that if we believe you know, something is black, <laughs> he can't come against it and say, no, no, no believe white. Now he'll eventually get us there, but he's going to start out with just taking us just a little. It's ba- it's backdooring. It's a little bit. I mean, it's a well, little, it's, it's a, a little, problem it's with a translation. Little, it's a little bit grayer I saw, than you think I it saw is. a comment the uh, the other day on social media that said it was a translation error from 1946, as they were arguing a particular point that the church has held a stance on for all time. Right. And but they're arguing it, and they said 19. I think it was 1946. There was a translation that they used a different word, and therefore. Mm. We we now hold, and I'm like, you know, there's like historical documents that we can go back and Lots look at putting, that predate that's, 1946. That's putting a lot of weight on some nerd in a book in a bookstore somewhere. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, and, the argument was crazy, but you see that same argument come in different forms from the garden, and and, and you know, it's easy for us in evangelicalism to look at. You can't see me air quoting the world and say the enemy does this, but you know what the enemy does this. In my life, mm. oh yeah, it's like I, the enemy is not going to tempt. I'm not going to walk out of this church and have somebody try to sell me black tar heroin and that be a temptation. I'm not saying that eventually the enemy can't lead me to that because there's no sin that I'm not capable. I thought of. you said you just you just were saying like it's not going to happen here at church. It's like man, you, it you don't know it very well. Good. <laughs> have you been? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I don't know. You see some shady stuff in the parking lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> the enemy's not going to tempt me with that. The enemy's not going to tempt me today with cheating on my wife. The enemy's going to tempt me today to let my thoughts run rampant. Yes. The enemy's not going to tempt me today with heroin. The enemy's going to tempt me today to find some means of escapism that's a little step so that the, the pastor who does get caught in a hotel room with some other woman there was no point in his fall that seemed like he was stepping off a cliff. It was just the next incremental little step. And so the enemy's still going to fight where he's going to tempt us and where he's going to draw us into huge wickedness is one little step at a time. And it always starts out with, you're just, 
you're just really taking this. The too drug far. abuse starts with a party or um, you know a time when you're alone with a friend who says it's just a little bit of this or a little bit of that. It's just one night of a party and we're drinking, and it always starts at something small. And builds anytime sin inhabits our life. And we, I find myself taking steps and then having to stop, you know, and realizing, oh, I'm heading down the wrong path here. Well, and that's where God's chest, as believers, where God's chastisement comes in to where he says, this, that you're thinking is just a little thing, leads to death. And so I'm going to love you enough to whoop you and send yeah. you home. Yeah. So... Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The other thing with this that we got to notice is God didn't say you can't eat of any tree in the garden. Yeah. So the reality is, is Satan takes what God did say and twists it into the negative. Is God saying you, you can't love just anybody? Mm. Is God say, and so he, its perspective is everything because what God said was you can have everything except this one thing. The enemy says God is saying this is the biggest thing and you can't have it, you poor thing. And, yeah, and, and you become the victim of God's commands. Well, all of a sudden, I all of a sudden become extremely self righteous and. I become very. I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. I'm all of a sudden the victim, you know. Like yeah. I'm, I'm all of a sudden, I'm all of a sudden victimized, and I'm all of a sudden put down and crushed, and all these things. If God is a God of love, why would He limit me? Yeah, exactly. Well, and looking at it, our culture today, we see how that has become becoming the victim of something mm-hmm. has become the prevailing argument. If you want to shut down somebody, or, or what we use currently with cancel culture, is you become the victim. And if you can put enough words and enough emphasis and enough. Um, emotion into it into your argument then you can draw people to your side then you become the victim and that's the way everyone perceives you and even with my kids at home when I'm talking through the 10 commandments or when Lucas and I my youngest just had a discussion the other day and we talked about um we saw a life that's kind of falling apart and as we're looking at it I'm telling him you understand that the the rules that God put in place are to give you and I used your words and I told him I used Pastor Tom's words that he's trying to give us the best possible life in a fallen world And, and you had told me that years ago and it was the best phrasing that I have come up with for it and that's what I told him I said we're in a fallen world you're going to deal with things let the world be the world shine the light of Jesus into the situation as much as possible, witness to them and let them see it. But understand in your own life as you're making choices, number one, you're not the victim. And number two, God has those rules in place for a reason. It's not to hurt you to make it worse or to make you sad. It's to help you have the best possible life while here alive on this earth. And it's a tough reality, but you, I mean, often like with my generation, like the twenties, the 25, 30, somewhere in there, like, and we were, and you're filtering through some of the sexuality issues, some of the just general parameters that are on the life of a believer. And it's not parameters because that's how like we want to look at it because again, why is God limiting me? Does God not want me to be happy? It was like, well, happiness isn't really the goal. And second of all, Yet a good father wants good things for his children. And so, yes, he wants good things for you. 
He just knows what those good things are, and he knows better than you. And that's the whole. It, it's it's uh, it, wait. You it's, mean God's smarter than yeah, we it's, are? It's what? what you just said that our thoughts are just a little itty bitty things. Yeah. It's the realization of yes, as a good father, as he is, he wants his children to have good things. And every and parent at some point has fought, wrestled with their kids because they wanted to put a cigar butt in their mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and so, like, yeah. does God? Does, God I don't like the word "does God want me to have," but does God want good things for me? Yes. Sometimes the things that I say are good things are not good things for not me, how he and God good. knows yeah. what it is, and I have to trust again and agree with him that he is Lord, that he's the boss, and I'm not. And that goes back to the story that we're talking about here. We have Satan coming in and going. Who's trying to right. muddy that the up the yes. whole time. Is that really what God said? Is it negative? You're the victim of God. Don't you want to be like God? And he actually goes on to tempt with that. Right. You know. And so let's let, let's keep tracking. And the woman said to the servant, serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. First starts off, she argues with Satan, nope, you're wrong. God didn't say it that way, so she's she she has a good attitude. That's not what God said. God said it this way, but she still opened herself up to dis, to discussing it. Let's keep talking about it, and convince me that then I'm wrong. what she does here um, is she misquotes God. She adds, "Now I'm not trying to start a battle here because I don't I, I but the best example in Southern culture that we can use is alcohol." Okay, so what, here's what we Uh-oh. do. We build fences around <laughs> sins. And then God never said that they can't touch it lest they die. What God said was don't eat of it. If she, they wanted to pluck all those fruits and throw them at each other. Hey, there's, you want to use them as baseballs? Go right ahead. <laughs> there's no prohibition against that whatsoever. But it, it appears from reading the story that God had, we know that God told Adam that Adam told Eve. So we don't know if Eve built the fence. Most likely, Adam built the fence. That when he told her what God said, he says, okay, so look, let's just not even touch that one. God said if we eat of it, we're going to die. But you know what? Best case scenario. So every every woman everywhere is like, oh, man, it really was Adam's fault. (laughs) What? No, no, Paul says it's Eve's fault. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. But but we've got to be careful about building fences. Now, this is what I'm saying, we got to be careful. Okay, so I, in my life, many years ago, um, I, 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 I had a little bit of problem with the drinking. <coughs> and so uh, I went, in fact, I grew up at, at uh, in a Christian school, grew up in the, the most, as close to homeschooling as a human being could get in today's <laughs> culture. Uh, I went went to a little Christian school, and I never drank anything. It never touched my lips until I was about 19 uh, or, or maybe even 20. Um, and I went, kind of went from zero to alcoholic pretty fast. Um, I liked it. I liked the way it made me feel. I liked everything about it. And I learned about myself that uh, I'm never going to be the kind of guy that Tom can ha- jumps in with both feet. You're right. No one is surprised by that. You're yes. right. So I'm not the guy who can have like a six pack in the fridge and I'm going to have one every now and then. <laughs> I'm the guy that if, if I go to the grocery store and buy a six pack, probably before I get home, those are gone. You have another six pack to take in the house, and then I'm going to go ahead and go get a half case. <laughs> let me, and let then, me be honest; he's never bought a six pack ever because he's never just going to drink six <laughs> and ever. At some point, you're going to find me in, in Guadalupe, Mexico, swinging from a chandelier. <laughs> um, so for me, it would be really stupid for me t- to drink anything. Right. 
that that's just unwise. That's, so that fence I have put around. For my children, I've said, you come from a long line of drunks. You have the genetic predisposition. That's not something you need to play with. So I've tried to put that fence up a little bit for them. The Bible doesn't say, in, in fact, in the Old Testament, the, the use of wine is used as celebration and good things. This play, this, it's a good thing. Jesus, I mean, I hate to use a stereotypical argument, turns the water into wine. I thought it was just grape juice. I'm sure it was. False. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was so we put a fence around in our culture, in Southern culture, around drinking at all. Period. I have had multiple times when someone has come to my office, made an appointment, come to this church, sat down in my office, and told me that they saw so-and-so in a restaurant with a beer in front of them. A member of our church. A member of our church, and they're tattling on this. I've had people who don't go to church here that have come and tattled on people of our church. I've had people who have come to church here. I've had people who, because my daughter used to be a waitress, I knew from a previous story had gotten tore up about three weeks before who came and tattled on someone else at the church. And I'm sitting there looking no. at him going, <laughs> going really bad wanting to go. So where were you on the evening? Of? <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday night. So yeah. all that to say, when we add to what God says, it, building a fence for ourselves can be healthy, wise. I'm just not going to go there. I'm not there. There are um, websites that aren't necessarily wrong. I don't go to because I know what the pop up banners are going to be. Um, I think in my life, the, the closest I come to that was is at this point has probably been as a teenager. I had a friend who um, smoked, and her older sister would occasionally give us a cigarette. I liked the taste of it. I liked smoking. Ew, I know uh, my husband thinks it's the grossest thing ever. The smell and everything. Uh, n- not that he would judge anybody that's out there, no. you know. But it, but at the time, as a teenager, I realized I. I consciously came to the realization that I liked it too much. And I thought, I can never buy cigarettes. I can never do that because I would have started, at, at this point in my life, I would still be probably chain smoking, you know. Um, and your voice would be a little bit deeper. See, I wanted to make jokes, but just from sensitivity just standpoint, I won't today. do it. I won't Stop. do it. I won't make any jokes. Stop. I will but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really would have that, you know, even worse Crackly, you know, smoking smokers. Yeah, I went to voice, Vegas but. one time. Went to the blackjack table, got up about oh, I don't, two thousand dollars, got my room comp for the night. What? Woke up the next morning, lost all of it. Ha- had to borrow <laughs> money to have gas money to get home, to get home. and thought <gasps> to myself, "I'm never going back because that was really fun." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came home with nothing and I had a freaking blast. <laughs> Okay, so this is where we get the real part of okay. our podcast. Yes, okay. Yes. And by the way, that was in like 1989. So nobody thought who they went to Gatlinburg they went to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like three weeks post heart attack. Jesus name. We are just giving him a hard time. We all have those things though that you can look at your life and you go, Okay, I had to put a boundary around this. I, I can't do this because it either for my health, for my spiritual walk, for whatever it is, my life is dedicated to Christ. Therefore, I don't do this. Well, and it's like the whole the for a lot of pastors, which I wish they could have done this or whatever, but the whole Billy Graham thing, which you know, favorite you want to talk about Billy Graham, but like the whole Billy Graham thing where I'm not, be alone with a woman. I, I'm not gonna yeah. be with someone. Right. 
of the opposite sex. And for you meeting with a, a dad or something that has an issue, you, you, we're going to meet with the mom too. Like right. if they have an issue with their kids. Like you can't meet with the opposite sex because the reality is both people are human, married or not or whatever. There's just a tension there that just happens. And we can't. you just can't have those problems. That's setting up a parameter around yourself. That's just it just makes sense. And even if I if I'm texting with a female that's a member of the church, I will on purpose include my wife mm-hmm. in that or when I text back, I will text her and her husband back. It's not me trying to be misogynistic. It's trying it's me protecting my own heart. Now, again, when I put up a fence around sin for myself, that's wise. When I modify what God says to fit my fence. And take that fence on somebody else. And then take that fence to somebody else, then yeah. that becomes Phariseeism. Right. Yeah. And that becomes wicked. It also can be destructive. Okay, so when I I was probably the last group of people going through high school in the 80s that saw, like, the movies Reefer Madness, that we had to watch that in health class. And so it showed. I don't know if you, if any of you have ever seen this. What was, was the name of it again? Reefer Madness. <laughs> it was a. It was produced in the fifties, and it was this. It's like this upstanding young lady who, uh, you know, straight A student. The movie's made in the fifties. I mean, she's got the poodle skirt, and 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 so she goes to a party. She takes one toke off of a marijuana joint and immediately goes crazy. Uh, ends up dying. I mean, she ends up getting behind a car and driving crazy, and they've got these crazy camera effects. In fact, I would recommend going on YouTube and watching Reefer Madness because it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty entertaining. But it's one, one hit off of a, of a Reefer, and she goes absolutely bananas. A, a lot of people that I know, that set them up because when they took a hit off of a, of a Reefer and they didn't go crazy, they're like, I've been lied to. Oh, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. We're going to see as the story progressive, Eve does touch the fruit and she doesn't die. And now because she had believed her fence, she had modified what God said to fit her fence. Now God's a liar and God hadn't lied. She had added. So we have to be careful that the enemy doesn't take you in the other extreme. Again, just like we said a few months ago when we were talking about the, the prodigal son, God, I mean, the Satan doesn't care if he uses you being drunk, living at the whorehouse to drag you to hell, or you being an upstanding church member who's judging everybody around you to drag you to hell, Gossiping. he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. What he cares is that he destroys you. And, and your testimony. And your testimony. Yeah. And both of those will do it. If you walk around looking like, uh, I can't think of an analogy that's appropriate. Um, if you walk around with a sour look on your face all the time and everybody you pass you want to talk about, I cannot believe she's going out wearing that and I can't believe that he said that, and you, you're gossiping and you're running your mouth all the time and you, nobody wants to be around you. They didn't iron their clothes. They don't keep their yard up. They We're don't. supposed to iron clothes? <laughs> No. no. We've got a that's steam a, setting on our drawers. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I don't. But yes. My mom, if you're listening, I still iron my clothes, mom. But but those are the type of little things that can begin to take a hold and you begin to critique. Yes. You know, and you you have that critical spirit then that everything is wrong. And then when I'm alone with my thoughts, you know, and, and, and some people may not want to admit, but you know what the reality is? All those things I said about people, I feel about myself that way. And like you said earlier, like you talked about someone who was so frustrated when they, that they, like they were lazy or whatever and didn't do something. And then later the enemy used that to beat them up because they didn't do something like, right. like I want to act that way and act like a jerk and then when I'm alone or in my feelings or whatever guess what I all those feelings that I was like projecting onto other people are actually how I feel yes. about myself or yeah. whatever like and e- either way 
the enemy is tearing me down and I'm not serving my king, I'm serving myself both ways. I'm either I'm either self-righteous or I'm self-pitying. Either or, and both are, and either are, one just points back yeah, to a heart and, and of both it's all are about all me. pointing yeah. towards me. Either way, and so he's going to use whatever he, the enemy's going to use whatever he can use yeah. to take my vision and my focus away and off of Christ and onto me. And he does a really good job of doing that. Yeah, and, I, I mean, for in my life, I mean, another thing that I realize that I have to fence around is is time and distractions. You know, I have to spend so much time where I'm studying or preparing for a lesson, or I'm, um, and, and we're doing that forgiveness study if you've listened to the podcast we've talked about it some the women are doing it i find that satan has very deliberately came after my time mm-hmm. that it's been a constant i have to be here to do this or take care of this person or attend this function you know whatever it is it's been a constant battle for my time well, sometimes it's like i mean i've been here nine hours and i look up it's like what did i even if i got anything done what did I even yeah, do? Yeah. like what did i what did i get done and tom's like no i get everything done i don't know what y'all are talking about i know he's, he's really good at that but but there are days when no, you, i'm really you bad at it i just learned to keep less yeah. <laughs> set timers and, and you notice that as we're talking about this part of the story uh, I, I just want to point out and make sure that everybody realizes that god put a choice in the garden that the reason that the the tree was even there but was because god put a choice in there at that moment and he said, here is a boundary. And he gave them the chance to serve him and be obedient or to disobey. Absolutely. So, so she, she adds to what God says. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now the enemy has stepped from questioning what God says to openly contradicting what God said. We've moved from, from again, the enemy's never going to, going to try to take us from right to wrong he's going going to take us from right to just a little off it's the whole thing of you know if if satan ran around you know bright red and and shiny with horns and a goatee guess what we all know i mean don't go walking up to that guy but when he looks like a, a, a text that probably shouldn't be sent that's borderline or a conversation or just that little whatever when it when it's just that little bit of a gray area that opens us up to well now we're just we're we're just knee deep in whatever we're in, yeah. and, and and that's and you've told me before that's a very like Americanized ver- like again in different cultures I've asked you before like the whole uh, demon thing and people being possessed like I mean I don't I've said before like in my ministry like I don't come across that and it's just like a you talk about the difference between like how he how again the focus is the enemy's going to work however he needs to work wherever you're at and so in America if we saw that it's like oh yeah I'm not going to stay away from, I'm not I mean I'm not going deal with it. like obviously like that's oh yeah big red flag but there are some of those things that are a little bit little bit of gray areas oh yeah we'll we'll fudge on this a little bit because this isn't that big of a deal then all of a sudden we have completely shifted our morals or our standards or whatever because it's just and you and i've heard you talk about before that's a very like americanized how we how we look at things is however he again however he has to work to do it he'll do it so his ultimate goal though is to be an old complete contradiction to god and he goes there in this story he, he's now gone from just opening the door a little bit. Did God really say to, God's a liar. You will not surely die. And see, it didn't happen. You tried it, and it's not happened. So um, the servant said to the woman, you will not surely die. In fact, God's trying to hold you back. He know, God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. Which brings us to what you were saying about pride, which is ultimately self-glorification and saying, I want to be God. Mm-hmm. 
God doesn't have the right to tell me what I can do. What he says doesn't he matter. He can't what, even tell me if I'm a boy or a girl What he days. said wasn't real. What he says isn't true. All of those things are wrapped up in when I defy what he says for whatever reasons, because of what I wanted, because of what I wanted to, you know, when again, when it's when I sit there and have pity on myself, it's because I didn't get what I wanted. Or if I lust after somebody, it's how, what I want from that person. But it's all rooted in myself, what I want. And so when we choose that sin, when we choose ourself and our pride, you are you are saying those things. What God said doesn't matter. What God said isn't relevant to me, doesn't apply to me, doesn't work for me, doesn't fit me, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You're saying all those things when I choose myself and I don't choose what God has set before me. And that can be in big things, like like we've said, like going out and doing some really wicked stuff or what we think of as really wicked stuff, like the prodigal son who went and spent all of his money boozing it up and doing all the things he wanted to, or that can be in really subtle things. I remember being convicted, uh, and I hadn't been married maybe seven or eight years, and and uh, I was I, I had turned from my wicked ways and had turned back to the Lord. And I remember um, getting really angry at Ann about something and walking away from the conversation and being convicted that, you know, you say that you love her, but what you love is what she does for you and how she makes you feel. Oh, yeah. And so your relationship is built on your selfishness. Don't go to meddling. <laughs> <laughs> and so in every areas of our life, at any given point, if God were to expose our wickedness, he could overwhelm us with our sinfulness. Yeah. This area of I want to be God it, you know, if the from from a political stance to Nick Saban, if they would just do things the way I want it to be done, everything would be so much better. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've got a T-shirt. It's one of my favorite T-shirts. It says "Run the ball," because I want Nick to run the ball. Now, it never crosses people's mind that he's getting paid all the money because he's so good at what he does. The next college football game I coach will be my first <laughs> outside of NCAA 14 on my PS3. And I one time, you know, actually got to go in in a middle school game because we were ahead by 50, 50 points. But I'm going to tell this guy what he needs to do. He needs to run the ball. Absolutely. Yes. Not only the fact that a third of, of uh, college football coaches are his analysts because they're rehabbing their careers, and they're also <laughs> – so, but I'm the one who's going to be able to tell him what to do. I want the world to, I do the same thing with politics. You know, if Congress would just listen to me. How many conversations have we walked away from and said, if they would just listen to us, we could solve right. all the world's problems. So. And how arrogant are we? And and you know what? We do the same thing with God. God may be pretty smart, but, but I've got a better plan. Mm. And that's exactly what Eve, where Eve is brought to, that. God's just trying to keep you from finding your fulfillment. God is hold, trying to hold you back because he's intimidated by you. You could be just like him. You could be like a God, and God doesn't want you to be like that. God is scared of what your potential oh. is. Mm. Oh, wow, mm. yeah. So Theology matters. Yes. You will be like God, knowing good for it. So when the woman saw now this is this is the key text. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit, ate, and she also gave some to her husband. Now, we got to unpack this because there's a whole lot there. Here's the main thing I want you to get from this is if you find yourself thinking about 
your sin and contemplating why it would be good to do. You need to pull a Joseph and run. The battle has been lost. Flee the field. I mean, listen to how it's described. And everything up to this point has been described in really quick, terse terms. We don't get any detail on Satan. He's just the creature. But listen to how much detail Moses goes into this moment. The woman saw that the tree was good. She's sitting there looking at the tree going, man, that's a good-looking tree. That, that fruit looks pretty. Oh, I could just, my mouth is watering thinking about that fruit. She saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes. That's the best-looking fruit. She's got a garden that literally is planted by God and full of fruit, but this is the fruit that's going to be good. This is the good stuff right here. It was a papaya. Papaya? <laughs> I thought it was an apple. All yeah. the old pictures draw it as an apple. It's definitely yes. a papaya. Yeah, I, in the book, the things that you thought were in the Bible that wasn't. Does the it point number out Number two was it wasn't an apple. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, really? This is supposed to be rocket science? <laughs> um, this is at the point where I'm starting to think this book would look really good <laughs> in my trash can. She took of the fruit, so then she pull, plucks the fruit, and you know what? She didn't die. So now we're in the clear she eats of the fruit, and then she gives some to her husband who was there with her. The, the so last even, thing they'll say. So even after she ate it, it's like, hey, this wasn't that bad. So she's had a whole discussion. With us. With Adam standing there. With Adam standing there. I, for, for some reason, my whole life, this is, this my whole life, I, I'm thinking, okay, Adam she told her. She went and found her, Adam and gave him the fruit, right. didn't yeah. she? Yeah, it was all I was her. in yeah. seminary in Old Testament survey, and the professor pointed out that it says, and Adam was there with her. And I literally didn't believe him. I'm like, no, well, hold on a sec. And I opened <laughs> my Bible out, and I'm like, wait, wait. Because, so Adam the whole time is standing there, and not once opens his mouth. He's like sitting there going, dang, I didn't know snakes could talk. <laughs> <laughs> I named one of these bad boys, and they didn't say a sneaking thing. <laughs> what is up with the snake talking? I mean, if you think about it, uh, I actually saw a meme the other day that said, we're not, we don't talk enough about the fact that parrots are saying things. <laughs> so Adam is sitting here, the snake starts talking, and he's not saying anything. He's just, which tells me, men in our marriage, and this, is, this one's for free, uh, not doing anything or putting off a decision is a decision. Oh, yeah. Inactivity is a decision. And because, men, we often, when given the choice between rocking the boat or not dealing, we'll go to the not dealing because, I mean, who wants to deal with all that? Yeah. <laughs> so I've had a discussion with my boys because I'm a mom raising three boys, and I had it not long ago with them, uh, like last year, I should say, relatively speaking, not long ago. But and it was well, about the COVID year doesn't count as COVID a year. year doesn't count as year. But during the COVID year, so you know, we talked about the fact that they should not apologize if they've not done anything wrong in their relationship, and that's kind of startling, you know, because young men, as we've Hey, As, sorry fixes everything. I don't know what you're talking about, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> I heard sorry fixes everything. But does it really fix everything? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, now, extremely sarcastic. that does mean that you can have a discussion where you need to figure out if you did do something wrong yeah. and do owe an apology. Well, but not see, saying after that. you've been married for a while, you know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Always, yes, every no, time. No, every time. no, no. You know, but some of the best things where you're helping to lead your wife and her to grow in her walk with Christ is for her to begin to, to see 
that she needs to differentiate between something that was wrong and something that she did wrong. Uh, uh, like on the male's part, I'm saying, you know, like if if your spouse has done something wrong or if she's the one who's doing something wrong. Right. If hers is the overreaction or if his is something that he was just rude and sensitive, you know, and you have to start to differentiate and to think through those things. But in the culture that we live in, we've watched men over the last several years, especially on um, sitcom TV when oh, it gosh. was popular. Um, it was really bad to the male was always wrong. It was always that the woman was the smart one put together, organized and correct. And the man and it's just kind of bumbling through life. Right. He's just an idiot who wants to go play golf. Right, yes. <laughs> Which, of course, I guess is not really a good example as we're watching Adam stand there. And right. No, well, Adam's standing there going, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that snake is talking. Yeah. So what, what, where we can get this, and this is actually when I started using this as one of the touch points in my own life, it's been really helpful. When I catch myself ruminating about doing something if i i try to pause the situation that's both for positive for bad when i catch myself and and the example that i I usually give when i'm teaching this is uh, i've had this happen a bunch of times i'm walking through the hospital i see a person standing over here you know kind of misty-eyed and and something comes into my head that says hey you need to go pray with them and then i argue with myself i got this and I don't know that person. I don't know that I gotta, person. They're going to think gone. I'm a weirdo. Think, I got yes. something to do. I mean, they don't go to my church. They're going to think that I'm some. I'm, I'm trying to. When I catch myself, I do it because I realize that I'm not schizophrenic, so I'm not having an argument with myself. I'm having an argument with God. And so I just have a rule that I've set up that when I catch myself arguing with myself to do good, I do the good. The opposite is true as well. When I catch myself arguing to do bad, I try to become self-aware enough to run. And sometimes it's just self-distracting. Like if I'm sitting there thinking about something, you know what I need to do? I need to get up. I need to move. I need to, if I'm, you know, trying to correct my kids and I realize that we've gotten to a point to where we're really arguing about them just admitting that I'm right, <laughs> yes. that I will say, I'm going to take a few minutes and then we'll come back to this because I need to walk away. That when I catch myself arguing to do something that I know, because I, I, we're never surprised by sin in our life. Can we, can we admit that, that I've never in my life, since I was a little kid, I've never gone, had to have that conversation. Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? Most of the sin in my life, 99% of the sin in my life, I knew it was wrong before I did it. I knew it was wrong while I was doing it. And when I'm confessing it as sin, I really knew it was wrong. Yes. I'm not ever sitting back going, really, is that, is that something I'm not supposed to do, God? There are really few things that, that, that that's a scenario of. And so when I catch myself having this kind of a debate, it's pretty, it's nice, it, I, I like this, this I want to do this, then I recognize that I'm at this eve point and run. Run like Joseph. Which is a story we'll cover later. Yes, we are going to get to the story. <laughs> yes. of Justin That's it. Well, <laughs> all right. Anything else we want to add here? No, I feel good about it. I mean, again, uh, taking away of the parameters you set around your sin, you want that. It's not just willy nilly. It's not that you want parameters, but we, we we don't take those parameters and 
and, and maneuver them. I mean, like it's 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 pretty straightforward what God has said and what God hasn't said, and, and what God says is right and just and pure and holy, and what God says isn't. And so, first and foremost, we want to know that by reading His Word and knowing what He says, having a relationship right. and having a. I mean that 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 communication via Him via prayer and and worship and and doing so through the Word. Like I wouldn't. I mean. I can't. I can't set parameter, healthy parameters. Of, I can't not sin if I don't know what he's saying. Sin isn't. I mean, like I can't. I, I can't. I, I can't go through life without without knowing. Like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and then seeing that while knowing that, when I have an awareness of that and, and am studying that, know that the enemy is going to come at you, however he can. Whether it be you all of a sudden find out this new law and all of a sudden you're the most. I mean, you're the most judgmental, pharisaical, or fair. I mean, kind of. I mean, if you're just a complete turn, just complete jerk, and that's not how we want it. Or you're just saying, you know. With, I'm gonna throw this in the wind. This is garbage. You know, however it's gonna work. Realizing that he's gonna see that he's gonna use, he's gonna come against you. However he knows or however he can come against you, you're gonna be in. That's something for us to make sure you take away from this. Is from the very beginning, he's scheming, he's conniving, he's shifty, he's all of these things because he's coming after you. Uh, and he came after Eve, and, and, and Adam just stands there, which that's kind of cool. I guess I hadn't never thought about that either. I guess that's kind of interesting to see that Adam just stood there with his. Now you're going to go home and think about that all night. Yeah. Right? yeah. Adam, just yeah. There, Adam just standing there drooling, I guess. I don't know what he's doing. Well, but. and, you know, it, it, that's probably a good segue into where we can probably wrap this up, but we need to briefly at least mention the consequences because the consequences, the fall, is what this we, we generally term this, this time as is when humanity fell into sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. The consequences for that? How far? I was really gotta quit smoking. Y'all <laughs> quit. And uh, well, let's. I think that that's a podcast in itself. You think so? The curse. Okay. All right. Um, well, is that God pronounces after they sin? God pronounces. Here are the consequences of that, and that still affects us today. Hey, so we know Absolutely. what next. We know what next week is. There you go. Consequences. So, um, this has been another episode of Not Another Church Podcast, and so I, I hope uh, that this has been helpful. I hope you recognize the way the enemy tempts Adam and Eve is the same way that he tempts you. And so looking at that, God, and telling us this story, God has exposed the plans of the enemy. There, There's no way that he can attack you that's just shocking and new. New. There is nothing new, new under, under the sun. The sun. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a great day. Go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your king.